Welcome to the I Am Persuaded podcast with Travis Shelton. Our desire is to provide weekly encouragement and biblical truths so that you too can be persuaded that He is able. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Now, let's hear what Pastor Travis has to say. Welcome back to the I Am Persuaded podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. I heard a lot of reports from last week's episode of people just enjoying it and learning from the episode regarding Satan. And so thank you for listening and being faithful. And also thank you for the encouragement from that episode. It really just means a lot to me. And my prayer from the beginning behind this podcast is to answer the questions and to persuade you through biblical insight that Jesus is able in your life. And so in this episode, we're going to continue answering the same question that we began last week. And so we started answering that question last episode. And the question was regarding Satan and his demons. Who are they? Who is Satan? Who are the demons? And what do they do in the lives of Christians and in the world today currently. And so recapping last week's episode very briefly, Satan has was the highest angelic being there was in heaven in creation. And so until he had pride that welled up on the inside of him and he tried to overthrow God and his kingdom, he had in his mind that he wanted to be God. He wanted to be like God in every way that there was. And so that got him cast out of heaven and thrown out of heaven. He wanted to become like God. And so now Satan is actively working in the world today to cause people not to follow Christ. You read a verse last week that said that Satan puts blinders over the unbeliever's eyes causing them not to see the hope and the truth in the gospel. And so we must do our part as Christians to preach the gospel more fervently and more effective in this day so that people's blinders can be removed by the life-changing power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so that episode was a brief survey of who is Satan and what does he do currently. And so in this podcast episode, we'll look at the demons that work for Satan and alongside of Satan and who are they and what do they do currently in the world world today for Satan as their leader. And so first thing I want to address is are demons even real or is it something that mankind has made up? And so kind of like we talked about in the beginning part of last week's episode, some would say that Satan and the demons are just a figment of our imaginations. It's a word that mankind has schemed up just to place all negative actions on. And so scripture affirms that Satan is real, which is what we looked at last episode, and Scripture also affirms that demons are in fact real and working today in the lives of people in a negative way. And so, however, in the past 20 years, there has been a surge in people seeking information on demons. And so with horror movies on the rise and Hollywood depicting demons in, in rather a false way, people are wanting to actually know more about Satan and his demons. And actually now there are people that actively practice Satan, satanic and demon, de- demonic worship. And so people are seeking answers and people are seeking to know and become like that. And then there are just people in the Christian circle circles that are just seeking answers. And so in the last 20 years, the acceptance of the reality of demons has increased. But however, there are still Christians that claim demons are just a figure of speech or they're a figment of our imagination that we placed all negative uh, 
actions and influences upon. But again, as I said last episode, if we are Bible-believing Christians, and here on this podcast, we are by, I am a Bible-believing Christian, and I trust that you are, then we must believe every word of Scripture. And Scripture affirms multiple times the reality of demons. Jesus Christ himself and in his earthly ministry affirmed the reality of demons in our present world and in his present world 2,000 years ago. And so various passages allude uh, in Scripture to Christ casting out demons from people. And so if we was to look at Matthew chapter 12, verses 22 through 29, a couple verses in Matthew 15, there's others. But then there's one well-known passage, which is Mark chapter 5 and verse 1 through 16. That is the maniac of Gadara that we call him when Jesus has his disciples and they exit the ship. And there on the Sea of Galilee in Gadara, there is a man that is possessed with thousands of demons. And so no one could help him. He was cutting himself. He was beating himself. He was living in the mountainside to himself and no one could help him. But then Jesus comes and the demons are have to bow down at the feet of Jesus. And he cast the demons out of that man and people come to faith in Jesus because of what he had just done. But there's other passages we could discuss, but seeing how Jesus dealt with people that were demon possessed and he, he cast them out in scripture, that affirms that Christ in fact proves the reality of demons. Because if it were not true, Jesus would not have commanded the demons to be removed from all of these people if they were not real. And so Christ affirms in Scripture in the Gospels the reality of demons. Also, Christ in his earthly ministry gave the disciples the power and authority to cast out demons. Now, we've looked on this on this podcast, I believe, that when the, 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 the disciples could not cast out the demons, they did not by faith believe in the power that Jesus had given them. But Christ knew that demons were real and were an issue in the lives of real people. And so Christ himself had the cure. He is the cure. And they had to bow down at the name of Jesus. And so studying through Scripture, Christ himself affirms multiple times the existence of demons. So for one to claim that scripture does not teach the reality of demons is saying basically that Jesus is a liar. And we know that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is not a liar by any means. Every word that he spoke, every word in the pages of scripture, everything that's ever been uttered out of the mouth of our Lord is 100% truth. Also in the Old Testament, there are passages that affirm the reality of demons and then other passages in the gospel, aside from the gospels, in the New Testament allude to the fact that demons are real and prove the reality of demons. So are demons real and affirmed in Scripture? Absolutely yes. You can take that to the bank. Scripture over and over again just reveals to us that demons are in fact real, not just a figure of speech, not just a figment of our imagination. They are real and actively working in the world today. So now the question arises, if they are real, then who are they and where do they come from? And so there are many views regarding who or what are demons, but most Christians will hold to one main view, and that is the view that I believe and is supported by Scripture. However, some Christians hold to the false idea that demons are wicked, dead people, and that God has banished these wicked, dead people to now become a demon to be controlled by Satan. And that is not true. This idea has is not supported in Scripture anywhere. So that is like saying that mankind becomes angels when we die. That, again, is a, is a, a false 
false teaching of today that's not supported by scripture. And so this false idea of wicked people becoming demons when they pass away is not supported in scripture. And so that idea is not true. But the one idea that is supported in scripture, and this is the idea that I hold to and believe, is that demons are fallen angels, which makes sense and has scripture to back it up. Now, the Bible never comes out and blatantly says demons are fallen angels, but there are many passages that can help us understand that is who demons are. And so this view is the one I hold to. And so it claims that the angels, some angels followed Satan in his rebellion. And so we looked last week at the creation when Satan and the angels were created. Satan was perfect. Satan was beautiful. Satan had a high ranking in heaven. He was the highest archangel. And so he was close to God. And so there were Obviously, a lot of angels that were created, and so when Satan rebelled in his heart, he had the pride against God, and he decided that he wanted to be like God. Some angels obviously followed Satan in the rebellion, and they willingly chose to sin. Matthew 12 and verse 24 says, says, but when the Pharisees hear it, they said, this fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. And so Beelzebub is another name that's given to Satan. And the word devils here in this verse in the Greek is actually the word for demons. So the Pharisees are actually acknowledging that Satan is the prince or the chief of all demons. And so this passage indicates to us that if Satan is their leader, and he in fact is a fallen archangel and the highest ranked angel before he fail, making him a fallen angel. Therefore, he is the leader of the other devils or demons, which would be fallen angels as well. And so demons are also called spirits or unclean spirits in the scriptures, which links them to the spirit world of the angels. And so, however, we must acknowledge that nowhere in scripture, as I said, does it come out and blatantly or clearly say that demons are fallen angels. But here through scripture, there is enough evidence to support this claim. And so that is why I hold to the fact that demons were created angels and perfect just like Satan, but they willingly chose to rebel with Satan, causing them to be cast out of heaven forever. And now Satan is their ruler and they are set forth to accomplish his plan. Satan needs his demons to do a lot of his work and, and part of what he wants to do and part of what we talked about last week, he needs the demons to help him because we know that God is omnipresent, meaning God can be everywhere at the same time. And that is a truth that's found in our Bibles. God can be everywhere at the same time. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere at the same time. But Satan is not God. Even though he wants to be like God, he's not God. So he does not contain the attributes of God, the characteristics of God. And so therefore, he cannot be everywhere at the same time. So he needs demons or his workers, if you will, to be able to fulfill his wicked plan for mankind and for the world. And so now the main question is, well, what do demons do currently? in your life and in our world. And so we'll look sort of like we did last week at their relationship or their relation to different people and different aspects in our world. So the first one that we'll see is the demon's relation with Satan. Simply put, demons work for Satan and they go around trying to accomplish Satan's wicked plan for the world and for mankind. And his wicked plan is simply and ultimately to overturn or overthrow the master plan of God. The demons simply extend the 
presence of Satan since he cannot be in every place at the same time. So generally speaking, some might think that Satan is the one that's tempting them on any given day, but in reality, it might just be a spirit of Satan or a pawn of Satan. It could just be a demon. So Satan cannot be everywhere tempting everybody, but he sends out these fallen angels. He sends out these pawns or these workers of his to do his bidding and to do his plan here on the earth. And so that's the relationship with Satan. But what's their relationship with God the Father? They used to be angels. They used to worship him in heaven. They used to have access to the throne, but they were cast out of heaven. And so now every single day, their plan is the plan of their leaders, Satan, and that is to oppose the plan of God. They have willingly chosen like Satan to rebel against God and his plan, and they continue every single day to oppose the purpose of God in this world. On the flip side of that coin, God is sovereign, meaning he knows all things, and God at times has to use those that are not his followers to accomplish his larger plan. And so he sent an evil spirit to stir up the people of Shechem against Abimelech in Judges chapter 9. And so there are other accounts in scripture like this one where God used an evil spirit to stir his people up or just to bring about his master plan. So God created all of these beings before they fail, and he knew at creation that they would fall, just like he knew that us as mankind would willingly choose to sin. And so God can use them to accomplish his plan, even if they're trying to overthrow God's greater plan. So at the end of the day, demons are accountable to God and thus can be used by him as his as he desires. And so God can use in his sovereign plan the the working of the demons to fulfill his greater plan. We see that throughout scripture. We see Judas was used by God for the betrayal and they turned him over to be crucified and different examples like that throughout scripture that God, even though it might not look like it, can be using them for his greater purpose because at the end of the day, they are controlled by God. But They're still following their leader, Satan, and God has given Satan somewhat rulership over this sinful world right now until in the end times when God completely binds them and casts them into the lake of fire. And so demons also have a relation or a part in religion. And so we see that their relation to religion is they promote idolatry and carrying out their opposition to God, trying to overthrow his kingdom. Demons actively try to turn men and women to worship false idols. They try and promote things in your life that might not necessarily be sin. They try to promote things in your life that are right out sin. And so we see them promoting these during the New Testament in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 20 as an example. And even in the tribulation, they will be spreading this idea of false worship and idolatry everywhere. Revelation chapter 9 and verse 20 teaches us that truth. And so they promote mankind to worship false idols. They promote mankind to set up a God in their life, whether it's television or whether it's social media or whether it's a person or whether it's a sin. The demons promote us to fall into idolatry, worshiping something that's not Jesus, giving something in our life first place over the life of Jesus. And so they also promote false religion. Paul warned us basically in the whole in, in 1 Timothy chapter 3 through chapter 4, he's warning us his readers and he's warning young Timothy that there will be people trying to find and believe in a false gospel and there'll be people that are looking for answers in all the wrong places. And so Paul speaks about in Galatians chapter 
one, the how amazed he is at how the Galatians were removed from the true gospel, how they started believing these false gospels. So demons, much like Satan's plan, is to cause people to place their hope in a worthless savior, making people believe that Jesus is not about judgment of sin, that they can live as they want to and still go to heaven and never confess their sin, or that people should believe in a prosperity gospel, that Jesus is not about judgment and righteousness, that Jesus is all about healing and love, which he is part of that, but also part of the character of God is righteousness and judgment. And so they also teach that salvation is not grace alone, but it's of our works. And so they try to make people think through false religions or even through um, just branches of so-called Christianity. They try to make people think, well, you don't need grace. As long as your good works outweigh your bad works, then you're good and you are qualified now to go to heaven. But we know through the teaching of Scripture that salvation is not of works. It's of grace and grace alone. It's through the free gift that Jesus Christ offers to mankind through his sacrificial death on the cross. And so all of these false branches of Christianity that demons and Satan are using today to promote this false agenda and that thousands upon thousands of people are believing into these false religions, placing their hope in the blindingness of Satan, they're not truly saved. And so that's what Satan and his demons want. His demons are running about today promoting false religions, trying to make you and I believe into a false gospel so that we are, in essence, placing our faith in a worthless Savior. But we know Jesus has come to give life and give it more abundantly, and it's through his grace that we're saved, and he is in no way a worthless Savior. So when we believe on Jesus and Jesus alone, that's the true gospel. That's the true religion, if you want to call it that, that we should be believing in. Now to answer the main question that we would receive regarding demons, what is their relationship with people? So you might be saying, well, what is demons' relationship with me right now currently? What's the relationship with a demon, with an unbeliever? And so what do they currently do in our world to believers at times and even non-believers? And so the first thing we're going to see is that demons are able to cause affliction. And so we see this in the Gospels. We see this in our Bibles. Demons at time in the Gospels were able to inflict physical diseases. So Matthew chapter 9, verse 33, they called mute, they caused muteness. Uh, chapter 12, verse 22, they caused blindness. Chapter 17, verses 15 through 18, they caused seizures. They can also cause mental disorders. Mark chapter 5, the maniac of Gadara. Uh, chapter 9, verse 22. Luke chapter 8, verses 27 through 29. We can see they play with the mind. And so I think more so today, demons work more so in the mental. Also, they can inflict the physical at times, but I think a lot of times the games that Satan and his demons are playing is mental games. And so, of course, not all mental and physical diseases or illnesses are a direct result of demons, but that's how they worked in the Gospels. And so if they worked that way in the Gospels, they're still working that way today. And if you look around at our world, so many people are battling and struggling with mental disorders. And so Satan plays mind games. And he uses his demons to inflict these mind games on people. And that is why Paul urges us in Ephesians chapter 6 as believers to put on the helmet of salvation. Because if he can get in our minds as believers, he can render us useless for the Gospel. So we must daily think back 
back on our salvation the day that we placed our faith in Jesus Christ. Demons also promote perversion. They also promote perversion. And so anything that they do in Scripture is deemed unclean. We see that throughout the Bible. Anything that they're a part of is wicked and it's unclean. And so they will try to turn people, even that are believers, from the plan of God and directly to Satan's plan. And they do this mainly by promoting in your life through temptation wicked and unclean activities. And so they try to pervert the things that we have. They try to pervert the minds and pervert the things that we watch and the things that we do. And so that is one of the the demon's main way of attacking a believer is trying to pervert their mind with sinful actions. Then one of the main things that demons do today, mainly toward unbelievers, is possession. And so we see that throughout Scripture, that people are possessed or controlled by demons, and so they're able to possess people. And so you say, well, what does that mean, some might ask. The definition is simple. It's when someone is when someone is possessed by a demon, the demon has direct control over that. That person. And so that's the definition. When a demon has direct control over that person's actions, that person's thoughts, that person's words, that is meaning they're possessed by a demon. And so all people, including believers and unbelievers, are influenced and affected by demonic activity, but not all have the potential to be possessed. And so let me be very clear in this episode. If you are saved, if you are a believer, if you know that the blood has been applied to your account, you can very much be affected and and tempted by a demon. You can be oppressed even, but you cannot be possessed or controlled by a demon. Because You say, well, why? There's a spirit living on the inside of you that's not demonic. There's a spirit living on the inside of you that's not wicked. The spirit that's living on the inside of you is the third part of the Trinity. He is God himself, and he dwells on the inside of you. And so at the very name of Jesus, these demons have to bow. And so when they are confronted with God and his presence and his spirit, they have no stronghold. And so being possessed or controlled by a demon simply it means you're unsaved. And so if they can have you and they can control you, it means the spirit is not dwelling on the inside of you. So believer, take comfort in that. They can still affect your mind. They can still tempt you, but they cannot control your every decision because the spirit is living on the inside of you. And he alone should be the one controlling and promoting every decision and action that you have. But being possessed, speaking of unbelievers, being possessed or controlled by a demon will not always look like it did in scripture. And so if we look at the familiar passage, Mark 5, with the maniac of Gadara cutting himself and trying to commit suicide and just babbling off these crazy things. And so that he was possessed with thousands of demons, but the effects can range from very mild in controlling a person, but they can also be very severe in controlling a person. So the mild cases can be someone just blatantly rebelling against God to very severe cases like Mark chapter 5. But so we don't see the severe cases as much today or so we think, but that does not mean it's not happening. In our world, in our communities today, there are people who are living a complete immoral lifestyle and they are being controlled by a demon. No, they don't act like necessarily the person in Mark chapter 5, but nevertheless, 
less, they are there are people around us that are controlled by unclean spirits. The way that demons are allowed into a household or a person's life is if over time a person continues to give in to temptation. They allow demons to come into their home and create what's called a stronghold. And when that stronghold is created, they're opening up the door for an unbeliever to be possessed by a demon. And so over time, they're allowing themselves to be controlled by demons by the very actions that they give into through the temptation and things like that. And so in closing today, Like I said in last week's episode, there's so much more that could be said regarding these topics, but this is just an overview of it. But as a Christ follower, let me just speak to you for a moment. Satan Satan and his demons want to silence you. They They want you to rebel from the plan of God like they did, so they will tempt you. But Christian, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so do not forget that. They might try and afflict you. They might try to tempt you. They might try to cause you to be depressed. But you serve a conquering and risen Savior who has been granted all power over everything, and that includes demons. So at the very name of Jesus, those demons and Satan has to flee because they know they are defeated. They can try and run rampant in the world today, and they might have some power. But our God and our Savior has all power. And so today, embrace the plan of God and repent of all sin, and do not let Satan and his demons have any stronghold in your life. Give Jesus first place in your life and give all sin to him. And so when you're tempted, give it to him. When you're doubting, give it to him. When he's trying to depress you and cause anxiety, give it all to Jesus because he alone can cure whatever Satan might be trying to inflict on you. And then unbeliever, if you're listening to this episode right now and you have never placed your faith in Jesus, you could be being controlled by Satan and being blinded by his demons. But there's a simple cure for that. Repent and accept Jesus' free gift of salvation today. Let today be the day of salvation for you. And if you have any questions about that, please reach out. I would love to talk to you, pray with you, take scripture and just read it to you so that you better understand how you can be saved knowing that Satan and his demons cannot have stronghold over your life. I hope this was encouraging and I hope this answered some of your common questions about demons and about Satan. As always, have a great Friday and God bless. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the I Am Persuaded podcast, please consider subscribing and share with your friends. We pray this is a blessing in your life. God bless.